0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You're in the middle of a three-part UFO whistleblower series. This is part two. Today we have DC Long, an Army combat veteran who witnessed a hovering monolithic structure in an underground facility on an Army base. Ladies and gentlemen, if you like what you see, please like, comment, subscribe to the channel. Go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. And for those of you that are content creators, we've seen you guys pulling our content off of our episodes and we really appreciate it. We made it easy on you. There's a link below. It's got hundreds of raw reels that you can take, download for free, make your own content out of it, monetize it, make money. All we ask is so tag the show. Love you all. Enjoy the content. We'll See you soon. DC Long. John. Welcome to the show, brother. Pleasure to meet you. So we met also at uh, Dr. Greer's conference in DC with the Whistleblower Conference. And um, I just want to say it's an honor to have you here. I know it takes a lot of courage to come out and talk about what you're talking about after so long. And... Um, We're here to get your testimony of what you saw out to the public. What are your goals? It's an honor to be here, first of all. Uh, We spoke
1: earlier downstairs. It can't be pushed further. I mean, you have to give yourself more credit because I wouldn't be alive. I wouldn't be sitting in this chair if it wasn't for you, if it wasn't for the people that you've had on before. When I had no strength left, I just happened to come across it and uh, yeah. your reason I'm here just as much, so I'm my glad goals you are reflect here
0: reflect your goals. I'm, I'm glad you are here, and uh, I'm glad the show helped you. It's helped a lot of people and and I said it before, I'll say it again, you know, one of the main things we do here is we want to bring hope, especially to vets, you know, overcoming all the trauma that has gone on for the past twenty years and it will come again you know, and document history, tell truth, expose corruption, and again, bring hope. And you're a perfect example of that hope. So thank you for saying that. that I appreciate it. But now, before we get too sentimental here, <laughs> I want to give you an uh, introduction. So DC Long, you're in the New York, uh, excuse me, DC Long, you're in the US Army, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. 1997 to 2013 was your service, medically retired from injuries received from a combat jump. Your father was a government contractor also at Fort Bragg. And you had a encounter with a what we call monolithic slab hovering off the ground at range 19 at a secret underground bunker. And so we're here to document that testimony. Um, Before we get started, everybody gets a gift, Hmm. even you. (laughs) And uh, here you go. Thank you.
1: The only thing I brought you was me. That's all right.
0: That's more than enough. You're what it's all about. Thank you so much, man. That means a lot. You're welcome. You're welcome. So those are Vigilance League gummy bears. Is it legal? They are legal in all 50 states. We actually got an email once. And somebody sent me a somebody sent us an email, and they said, "Man, I'm on my third bag, and I still don't feel anything." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I was like, dude, you're not supposed to feel anything. They just taste good." But uh, that's awesome. Yeah, but um, so we're here to get your eyewitness account on what happened on that day. When was that? When did this happen?
1: That happened in 2011. At the end of 2010, beginning of 2011, when I was still in Fort Benning, Georgia. Were you still active? Yes, I was. Um, and incidentally, it, it had nothing to do with my military career. Anything that I did um, in service had absolutely nothing to do with it, in the sense that, uh, as you said, my father was a government contractor. And um, on occasion, I had a 30% stake in the business, so... He would ask me to help him out whenever I could. So I took leave. I came back down uh, to Carolina to help him out. Uh, That day, the day in question, he was in the 18th Airborne Headquarters, G5 War Room. Uh, What he was doing there, I didn't ask. He didn't tell me, but that's where I met him. Uh, He told me that we were gonna get an escort from JFK Warfare to take us over to a place called Range 19. Uh, is it thundering outside? It is. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if you'd set me up. But um, where was I? I? apologize. You got selected to go to Range 19. Yes, sir. Yeah. They called us. Uh, he called me up, said that we had an escort coming from uh, JFK Warfare to meet us and take us to a place called Range 19. Just real quick, what was your dad's business as a contractor? It was turnkey. Uh, originally, it started out doing residential and commercial construction, from the monolithic slab to turnkey. Everything was subcontracted in house, so it's whatever you needed. Um, as long as you had plans, it was construction. Right. That was that was the main purview. Just Why do you think you
0: guys got selected to do this?
1: Well. As long as my dad was there, uh, he's always had uh, hunting land in North Carolina. And a lot of the guys from group that he met there would come down to his land, go hunting with him. A uh, couple of the Delta cats that he knew take us on their planes would go down to Arkansas and do some duck hunting. And it's all over the U.S., uh, Montana, uh, Colorado, Mesa, elk hunts, bear hunts. Yeah, it's just the guys who were into it. That's how they got tied in. And he did submit everything that he did through the Army Corps of Engineers. That's uh, where he would submit all of his uh, bid submittals for the contracts, you know, like uh, the Forest com building that they built on Fort Bragg. Um, he was responsible for the top three levels of it. And, um, but as far as how he got tied in to do the work around McKellar's Lodge, um, during the FS, uh, excuse me, SF compounds, I have no idea. Um, we didn't talk about that in okay. that sense, so yeah, I just assumed it was the guys that he had met, and
0: I they knew got him the paper, well enough. They just got not the bids to ask into where it Needed to go.
1: Say again. They got the bids into where it needed to go. Right. Okay. And it's not like it was a public bid. You know, not everyone could. Yeah. Because I imagine there were things that they weren't supposed to see, and we just weren't naturally curious people. So it's not like they had to worry about us saying anything. Yeah. Um, The day that I met him up there, uh, like I said, the escort comes to meet us. Um, It's one of the guys that he knew that he had hunted with. Um, I didn't know uh, this gentleman.
0: You all know that preparing for the future is something I'm a big believer in. Looking out for my family's physical security has always been important to me, but ensuring their financial security is also a top priority, and it's why I chose Fabric. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Look, life is full of unexpected changes. My kids are growing up. My business is expanding, and it's been easy with Fabric. You could go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. With over 1,800 five-star reviews, Fabric is rated as excellent on Trustpilot. So don't wait. Make this your top priority too and join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash sean. That's MeatFabric.com slash Sean. M-E-E-T Fabric.com slash Sean. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. Here's the situation. You've got China, Russia, Ukraine, the border. The banks seem to be collapsing. Plus, the Chinese just negotiated with Iran, Saudi Arabia, and Brazil to drop the U.S. dollar. And... Most Americans, including myself, feel that we're in a recession right now. But despite all the evidence, I can't tell you what's going to happen for sure. Nobody can. Yet when it comes to your money, you should understand what's at stake. That's why I partnered with Gold Co. to possibly help at times like this. Go to seanlikesgold.com or call 855-936-GOLD to get your free gold and silver kit. The kit shows you how to defend your money with precious metals and how listeners of the show could get up to $10,000 in bonus silver. Go to seanlikesgold.com or call 855-936-GOLD to get your free gold and silver kit. I can't predict the future, but I can certainly prepare for it. So go to seanlikesgold.com or call 855-936-GOLD now. Performance may vary. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision.
1: Um, but they pick us up in a, a van, we get in the back of it, they take us out about 15 minutes. And I could tell it was going towards the direction. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Fort Bragg. I'm not. okay. It's, it, there's only one direction you can go to get to, the live fire ranges to get to the drop zones and things like that. So I assume we were headed towards Sicily or Normandy drop zone, because that was the direction we were going. Um, The van that they had us in, it didn't have any windows you couldn't see to the front. It was just a cattle car. And we were joking they were going to take us away, asking what he did, and we're going to head to Leavenworth for a little while. But uh, we get there, and as soon as the door opened, it it looked like a literal dump. There was just trash everywhere, not like people just leaving stuff out. It was an actual dump that was a 45-degree concrete door. Sitting out of one of these hills that was directly in front of us, no further than you and I are to each other now. And uh, so we go inside, meet another escort in there, uh, take us to this freight elevator. We get in there, it's two series of buttons didn't have any writing on it. Um, one of the guys looks at my dad as saying to both of us, you know, Keep your head down, your eyes on the heels of the man in front of you, or you'll be shot. And we kind of started giggling because, you know, at least I knew one of the guys was one of his buddies, people that he used to hunt out with. And the other guy, I recognized him as the guy who we'd went hunting with before. Um, I knew later on that they were uh, both Delta operators. Um, If they were still active, I have no clue. Do you know their names? I do. Do you want to? No, Say absolutely not. Okay, and I'll I'll tell you later why. But yeah, hell,
0: hell no. <clears throat> so you're seeing familiar fa- you're seeing familiar faces, which makes you comfortable, Right. and you don't realize how the shitstorm I just stepped into. Yeah. yeah, absolutely not.
1: What what exactly were you guys there to do? What he told me was that we were going down below ground to set up a shoot house um, an indoor live fire range that was going to be underground nothing new again I I didn't think anything of it we had done other uh, shoot houses before with the open tops that can be viewed from above Mm -hmm. with a catwalk uh, yeah so it just it didn't didn't even phase you it was just another day at work okay I was just there to help him out but we get down, uh, the doors open and uh the first thing I see are these personnel connexes off to my right. The the smaller ones, not the the large ones uh that you see scattered around or like the ones you'd see on a, a big rig carrying around, these were the small ones you would throw your personal gear in to go before you get shipped overseas.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh as soon as I I looked past them, I could see this Giant monolithic slab just sitting there. Um, at first, it didn't. Yeah, you know, once again, it, it didn't set off any alarms. I didn't think much of it. But the closer we got to it, I could feel this intense vibration. But uh, you couldn't hear anything. It was dead silent in there. Uh, the The loudest thing was the the footsteps that I could hear. And uh, what What did the vibration feel like? It felt like being at a concert, standing next to one of the speakers and the bass just permeating through your body without the noise. There was zero noise. Zero. vibration. Absolute zero. I could still hear myself breathing over this, but inside, it was such a strange feeling to have. So the closer I got, I was like, well, I got to check this out. So I go down to one knee. You know, faking I got to tie my boots, and then I glance up underneath it, and there's absolutely nothing underneath this damn thing. Nothing holding it up whatsoever. What did the slab look like? It just looked like a, a granite slab, but the sheen on it is is what caught my attention the most. It was kind of in between being polished or just completely translucent. There was something behind it. But you could tell it had a smooth surface to us. And the only lights that were on in that hangar that we were in were directly over our head where we were walking through that walkway. And How big was the slab? Oh God. It was about twenty foot long. It was about seven foot tall, and I couldn't tell how wide
0: it was by that point. I was already directly in front of it. So there's like absolutely, it would be impossible for a human to even think about picking something like this up
1: Oh, there's no way okay even with the construction that we've done if you had to pick up something like that to move it anywhere you would need at least three four cranes oh wow herrera could tell you better okay you now the the scope of equipment that it would take just to get it off the ground you know, not even to transport it to a uh, another location But uh, at this point, I'm still down on my knee, and I'm looking, and behind it, I can see two people standing. The only thing I can see is their feet, because there's this boulder directly behind it, and it's on the ground. And I glance over my shoulder And there's a guy with his back turned to me standing in front of another boulder identical of the other one that I could see up underneath the monolithic slab. And he's just pushing it with one hand. And then I assume he's pushing it in the other direction because it's just freely spinning. No wobble. It's like it was attached to the top and the bottom and it was paper mache That's how easily this guy was just spinning it around. At this point, um, the escort behind me kicks me in the back says, let's go. So we get up keep going, go down uh, a flight of stairs. That's when we get to what we call the shoot house. Um, You could see old lanes where they had actually used it before as a live fire range underground. And uh, we'd probably only been down there 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes maybe. Father was taking notes on the dimensions, what we needed, what I guess he understood what they wanted. and I know that we had to replace the walls. It's inconsequential to the story, but we had to replace the rubber on the walls for the uh, house. And in that amount of time, we go back upstairs, exact same route that we took on the way down, and everything's empty when we get to the hangar again. Everything, the, the two boulders in the back, the monolithic slab, all of it is absolutely gone. And it was, we weren't, you know, 100 yards below these guys, we were just one flight below them. So whatever it was that they were taking out, we would have heard it. it you, even the, uh, the people making noise around it, you would have still been able to hear. But it was dead silent. Like I said uh, before, there was nothing in there, just our feet. But coming back through, it was absolutely gone. Everything in there just vacated. And at that point— How much started, time had passed? Less than 30 minutes. Less than 30 minutes. Because it, it didn't take us long
0: to do what we had to do downstairs. And, and this was just an assessment. You guys weren't actually—you weren't, weren't doing any construction or repairing the none walls? None whatsoever. Or it was just a, hey, it this was is just, what we need to do. So there was no equipment that you were operating that would have— it would have muffled any sound that was going on above the Right. Take the a measurements, layouts.
1: You. The loudest thing was the you know the tape measure we were using. You know, uh, that, a roll tape, and a notebook. That was it. That was the only thing that... Um...
0: How many of you have logged into your Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, whatever your streaming platform is, only to find the same mind-numbing content over and over and over again? And then you wind up settling and you just watch that mind-numbing content. Maybe it's time to spend your time learning something that's inspiring and that could possibly improve your life. That's why I'm so excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subjects. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or, History of the Ancient Christian Church. With Hillsdale College's online courses, they are all available for free. That's right, it's free. I personally recommend you sign up for American Citizenship in its Decline with Victor Davis Hanson. In this eight-lecture course, Dr. Hanson explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever you want. Start your free course, American Citizenship and Its Decline, with Victor Davis Hanson today. Go right now to hillsdale.edu srs to start. It's free and it's easy to get started. That's hillsdale.edu srs to start. hillsdale.edu srs. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been a minute since I've done a Bub's Naturals commercial, but it has not been a minute since I've taken the best shit of my entire life. Actually, just knocked one out this morning, it was amazing. And I'm gonna give you the secret, you ready? Here's the secret. You want the secret for the best shit of your entire life that you could do, I don't know, every day, maybe multiple times a day, here's the secret. Bub's Naturals Collagen Peptide. Says it's good for joints, hair, skin, and nails. I'm surprised they don't put on there. It'll give you the best shit of your entire life, but hey, I get it, right? And you mix that with the Halo Creamer, that's MCT oil. Put these two together, you're gonna have a explosive (laughs) hell of a day. These things are both Whole30 approved NS. F-certified and USDA-approved. So there's that on top of that. Hold on, wait, there's more. If that doesn't get you going, which I guarantee you it will, you've got Bub's new coffee. So this is the first ever coffee bean Whole30 approved, if you can believe that. And we all know coffee can, you know, speed things up a little bit in the morning. But hold on, wait. There's more. Apple cider vinegar gummies. Guys, I'm going to be honest. I don't know exactly what these things do for you. But uh, here it says, promotes energy, immune support, promotes healthy digestion, and supports healthy metabolism. I can tell you one thing. Good luck just eating one of these things (laughs) because at the end of the night, I will crush an entire bottle of these that will not give you the best shit of your life. I wouldn't recommend it. It will speed things up, but you may not like the final outcome. And hold on, wait, there's more. There's more. Bubs came out with a lot of new products. They have these hydrate or die hydration packets, great for post-workout. All this stuff is great for post-workout, especially the uh, collagen protein. Guys, here's another thing about Bubs. Bubs is a tribute company. It's named after Glenn Bubbs Doherty, who was a Navy SEAL and CIA contractor. He died defending our freedom in Benghazi. And Bubs donates a portion of every order to the Glenn Doherty Foundation. And they donate 100% of the proceeds from their products on Veterans Day every year. I love this company. They are just solid people with a solid product, and they just want everybody to experience the best shit of your life. Go to bubsnaturals.com, use the promo code SEAN for 20% off, and let's get it going. That was the only thing we had down there. How, How far away from the slab did you feel the vibration? Did you feel it before you saw it? No, no. Whenever
1: we, that, uh, when the, the doors of the freight elevator open, and I looked in, I could see it. Okay. I could, yeah. I mean, it was no farther than, yeah, you know, from here to that camera pod, six, seven feet away from me whenever we were walking in. But oh, what made that, me stop. It was that close. Right. What made me stop was as close as we got. I noticed that in front of me with my dad and the other escort in front of him, it was almost like. Hopping a tripwire, you know, when you're on the trail, you just get it and go. And that was the first thing I noticed. And then the closer I got to it, that intense vibration, and I was just too curious. Yeah. I, I couldn't stand it. I had to figure out what it was. And um, I really shouldn't have. When did the vibration stop? It didn't stop until I walked away. Okay. In the center, at looking at the top of it, you could see this black box Um, I've tried to describe it before, and it was extremely difficult. It just looked like a a small black GMTK toolbox that a military mechanic would have or carry around. It wasn't very big, and it just had two leads that came off of it. And it looked like it was wrapped in a casing that you could almost see something inside of it. But it wasn't mechanical. It wasn't moving. It didn't have lights. It was just opaque. But... It didn't really seem to serve any purpose, but that the other boulder had the same thing on top of it.
0: But so are hold on. I'm sorry. Are you saying you saw two boulders and a slab? Yeah, and they were all three of them at the same time. the The slab itself, the monolithic slab, it was
1: about 12 to 15 inches off the ground. Okay, and whenever I knelt down to time I. Tie my shoes. I could look through it, and I saw the first boulder that I noticed, and it was just sitting on the ground. Okay. And then I glanced back, and that's when I saw the other boulder that had the same black box on top that was being moved around.
0: And that was that was levitating. Yes. So
1: one boulder levitating, levitating one
0: slab levitating, one boulder on the ground. Correct. Okay. Did and the did the slab have a black box anywhere near it?
1: The monolithic slab? Yeah. It did. It did?
0: Where yeah. was that located? It was
1: on the top near the center where I was feeling most of the vibration. It was like the closer I got to it, that's where it was the most intense, at the, at the center of the slab, where that box was on top of it. Okay. Keep going. And after that, um, we go back upstairs the way we came, like I said, and we get out of the door to leave fans still in the same place. We hop back in. We take that same 15 minute drive back to uh 18th airborne headquarters. Uh, they gave us our phone back. And I got my ID and then my dad said something to one of the other guys that uh, I had recognized that he knew that I didn't, I didn't know his name, but, um, That guy took everything that my dad had, you know, minus his phones. Uh, he he took the notes, he took the tapes, everything uh, from him there. And and uh, I didn't think much of it at that point. I didn't know if that was something he was going to submit to the Army Corps of engineer rep that he had, whoever was going to coordinate, you know, or give him the go-ahead to submit a bid to do this project. Yeah, so to me... Again, that didn't set off any bells. Um, We're getting ready to leave. Uh, As I said, uh, let me back that up. Before we go and get our phones and our identifications, um, the second guy that I recognized, the one that I, I do know, he was upstairs in the G5 war room in the 18th HHC. And... It's just him sitting at the desk as soon as you go into the vault. And he's got two pieces of paper. And he's like, I need you to sign this. And it was a uh, an NDA. And I was like, fuck that. I'm not going to sign that. Come on, man. Really? He's like, you know me. I don't give a shit. And uh my dad just kind of played it off to the same thing. He's like, man, I'm not signing that shit. So that's whenever we leave. At that point, I'm getting ready to go back to Georgia. Uh, this is... Roughly 24 hours later, I get a phone call. It was one of my dad's employees. He's like, hey, man, what's going on? I was, no, not much, just headed back to work. He said, well, we can't get to work. So what do you mean? He's like, well, everything, they called it the barn where we had all of our equipment station where they would meet before they would go to to, uh, Fort Bragg. He said, the barn's locked up and everything's gone.
0: This is the same day?
1: No, this is 24 hours later. Okay. Whenever I'm getting ready to go back home. And um, I said, Well, what do you mean? He's like, well, Everything's gone. So I try to call my dad. I can't get up with him. I was like, Just stand fast. I'm coming down there. So I get down there. And like you said, the barn's locked up. Everything down there that I could see, I mean, you can still go there to this day. You can see our staging area and how big it was and all the equipment that we had there. It's absolutely barren. There's nothing there, it's all gone. And my dad at the time lived just around the corner from there. I go up there to his house and the doors kicked in. And like the video I showed you earlier downstairs, uh, I did that to illustrate how close me and my father were. Because just telling the story from this point on, it it, it sounds inconsequential. But Like, oh, well, sons and fathers have problems all the time. It's no big deal for bad blood to... Yeah, you know, to take over and just people can be too much like each other bullheaded and not be able to communicate and that's why I showed you that so you, you could see what kind of I mean I've called the damn guy my hero because yeah. he was uh, but uh, I get in there and my dad's sitting at his couch and his office is just to the left of his living room and everything is torn out everything is gone and I was like, what's going on, man? He's like, it's all gone. I was like, do you think this has something to do with Range 19? And he stood up, that man you saw, and he said, don't you ever fucking mention that name to me again. And that was the last time that I got to spend any time face-to-face with my daddy. I'm sorry. It's uh, a a life, a business, everything that we built together. And I, I got no answers. I had no excuses, no reasons, no answers whatsoever. Just unreturned phone calls. The few times I ever did get a chance to speak to him, it was only my voice being heard. He'd just hang up on me.
0: He'd hang up on you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I didn't. My God, it wasn't until 2021 that I I got to see him again. I didn't get to.
0: He would just refuse to see you. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And uh, yeah, it made me wonder what what could somebody threaten you with to make you turn your back on your own child? I don't know how many children you have, but I killed for my country. What in the hell do you think I would do for my babies? And I'm his only son. I'm his legacy. Every long from the beginning of time to me is if it stops with me, then that's where it stops. But he gave me that to us. That was important. And, you know, I cut my ties. I I just, I let it, I let it go where it's so hard to talk about, man. But in, uh, Let's get back to my part of the—that affects my career and why I was retired. It was— uh, Is your dad still alive? No. He's not. When did he pass? November 10th, 2021. How? Well, that's— um. They said that he had aggressive cancer that they found late, that um, he was just ravaged. It was all over. And um, <laughs> I know shit happens. As I'm no stranger to that. With our careers and all, all the guys in this room, none of us are strangers to, to things happening. We have a better way of accepting it than most people do, I think, but not him, not like that. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't I don't get into that part of life. It's just even some of it to me that I'm aware of irrefutably makes me feel like it's just absolutely insane. But I will never believe that my father died of cancer or natural causes. A man is as, as big and as powerful as him not because he couldn't have been taken. We're all measured. It was just he was Healthy, and then in two months, he went from being 240 pounds to 105. Wow! Just, I mean, when I they called me and told me that he was in the hospital, and I went to go see him, I walked by his room twice. I did, I just, honestly, the first thought that that crossed my mind is that man, I, I feel bad for that guy. That sucks. And then, when they told me that's who it was, you know, I went in and he still couldn't even look at me. And, and I don't know why. And I just, you now I, I took his hand. I said, Look, man, I don't even know if you can talk. He had the chemo scars or some look like I assumed were chemo burns on his mouth. It was just these gnarly burns on his face and his eyes were just cracked with jaundice. And I was like, man, we're square. I don't care what happened. I love you. And a tear went down his cheek and I was asked to leave. Uh, he started to code and that was the last time I saw him. You know, it's shortly after um, the incident It was in late 2011, early 2012. uh, I've already been JMPI kitted out for a combat jump. Got the full pack, got the 1950s weapons case dangling, and uh, I was the first man in the stick. They gave us, you know, told us the 30-second sign. We're all hooked up and ready to go. The jump master's got his arm up, getting ready to hit me in the back. And then we see shuffling. And I'm only one of 12 guys that I jump with every time. Uh, it never deviated, no change. That was my team. It didn't matter if it was Conus or Conus. Those were my guys, only 12. <clears throat> and a guy from the back shuffles his way to the front, and it's one of the escorts. He is unmistakable. You can't I mean, really, you, you know. Yeah. And at first, it didn't, it just didn't connect with me. It, it just, you know, I just gave him a hey, how you doing? And he just winked at me. As soon as that John Mester's arm came up and the green light's getting ready to go off, no sooner than it hit and I felt his arm coming down, I feel something slap me on the side of the face and it was a static line. And that man took off out of the aircraft. And when he did, it snapped my neck. And it pulled me out upside down, deployed my combat gear. Long story short, at a complete oscillation, and I just smacked the ground. And I woke up a month later, career's over. And I'll tell you something else. Do you mean you burned in? Yeah. Your chute didn't. Oh, my What shoot, happened? My chute deployed. But whenever I fell out of the aircraft, and I think maybe we were jumping from 800 feet If I had to guess, that's what it looked like from the the horizon. But whenever he hit me going out of the aircraft and the static line went taut and it snapped my neck and I fell out of the craft. I'm not even sure how I fell out, but it deployed my lowering line on the way out. So whenever my canopy did open, it just started complete oscillation. I remember looking down and seeing daylight and just smack and it was over you think that was an assassination attempt? I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was. And the only reason I tell you that is because when my father died, not even a week after I buried that man, I'm at my, our new house at the beach. Nobody knew I'd been there. I hadn't even changed my driver's license over. I hadn't even told the VA that's where I'm living. Not even a week after that man was buried, I get a knock at the door. It's that same guy who cut me out of the door, hands me a note It said, thinking of you. He's like, hey, sorry about your loss, buddy.
0: Today's show is brought to you by helixsleep.com. Sleep, especially as you get older, is so critical, especially that deep, comforting sleep. Go to helixsleep.com and take the sleep quiz. I took it, and I was matched to the midnight lux. I've always struggled to get a full night's sleep. After years of operating overseas, some days my back is just absolutely shot. But not anymore. I've had Helix Sleep Mattress for over a year now, and it leaves me feeling refreshed and ready for the day every day. Plus, their enhanced cooling features keep me cool all night long. Helix knows that everyone's unique, so they have several different mattress models to match based on your body type and sleep preferences. Once you match, your mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. Helix has a 10-year warranty and even has financing options for flexible payment plans. So a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com SRS and use the code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now.
1: What would you do and Dr. Greer asked me, he said, well, did you feel like they were trying to intimidate you or they're trying to hurt you? Absolutely not. If that was the case, I would have never seen it coming. To me, it just felt like somebody looking you dead in the eye and said, I can touch you anytime I want. And then everything started flooding back. And that's what led us to here. I wrote out that entire story to Dr. Greer.
0: You you fell out in it. I'm It was a week after you buried your old man, you said? Or the day after? I'm sorry. Whenever he showed up?
1: Yes. That was a week after I buried my father. At Reedy Maris Cemetery in Dublin, North Carolina. Nobody knew I was there.
0: Nobody. So this is is 2021? Yes. A couple years ago? Yes. And you still, and this happened, when was the accident? When was, well, when was the assassination attempt?
1: 2011, 2012. Did you it's recognize honest, him I've got it written down. Everywhere. It's so hard to remember. That's when I got this. Yeah. And ever since then, it's just been fuzzy. And that's what led us to this. That, that scared me so damn bad that I had decided I wasn't suicidal. Please don't get me wrong. I was not depressed. I wasn't. I just felt like at that point that it's not about me. I've got my children. If something happens to them, it's my fault. So I figured if I quietly recuse myself, who's going to know better? What's it going to matter? My story's over. Get to see my dad again. And hopefully save my kids from this bullshit. Because everything changes it's one thing when you lose your brothers. It's one thing when you lose your family. But if you worried about losing your children, that's that's taking it to a whole another level. Yeah. You know, just because we choose to be peaceful at this point in our lives does not mean that we forgot how to be violent. I'll take the whole damn world down to protect those kids. And I know you would do the same for yours. Yeah.
0: But what stopped me was you. Are you in contact with your mom? No. Is she alive? She's alive. Was she still married to your dad when he passed? No. Was she still married to your dad in 2011 when this happened, when the when you witnessed the monolithic slab? No. No. No contact? No.
1: And unfortunately I I remind her a lot of my father. And it's nothing against her. We still have a great rapport. I mean, I'm, I'm 43 years old with everything I've been through. I still blow my mom a kiss whenever I leave her. It's not like, you know, we did the same thing my dad did. It's just I know <clears throat> how painful it was for her to lose him and hearing me speak. You know, we have the same eyes. Do you guys I, ever I, talk about this?
0: No, no. Was there any communication from your dad to your mother that you're aware of. The only way she's going to know about
1: any of this is by watching the podcast. Okay. All right. But, you know, and that's, I'm, I'm ashamed. Absolutely ashamed from being too afraid to keep going. You know, that's, I didn't even bring up the homeless bit because I did it to myself. It wasn't some crazy circumstance that I could blame on anybody else. It was my fault because I was afraid. So this destroyed your life. You're damn right it did. I'm still, I'm still trying to rebuild. You know, but I don't, I don't ask anybody for anything. I don't. It's not about that to me. You know. It's, I lost all familial contact whenever I lost him in that sense. I mean, the, the war is bad enough watching your brothers go through what you feel like you should have went through. You know, I can't speak for everybody, but survivor's guilt tears me up every day. You know, if there's one thing I hate myself for isn't not trying, it's just not giving enough. Uh, I can't, the, the names I say at night when I go to sleep The man that I think about, I just, I miss him so damn bad because those guys, I knew that they would die for me. Some of them did. And the one safety net that I had here
0: was him. When you went to, it was just you and your old man that went to Range 19 that day? Or were there any other, did you guys have any workers with you? No. Just you and your dad? Just he and I. What do you, why are you coming forward? Why, do, why are you coming forward to, to, to educate the public about what
1: you saw that day? Same thing I said at the press conference. I'm damn tired of doing nothing. You know, I couldn't take losing my career. I'm fine with that. I didn't think I was going to do it forever. I'm fine with losing material possessions, but one thing I will not stand for to watch people in this country just hand their freedoms over and think that the government's doing them a favor. Watching my brothers who would rather be homeless than have to deal with the bullshit that got us there in the first place. And it's not because we're afraid. It's because we don't feel like we did enough. We feel like we're just putting our burden on other people, and that's something that they don't deserve. You're willing to die for people who don't even damn like you. To me, that's absolutely fucking insane. But that's just the kind of people that we are. And it wasn't until I heard something that Herrera said. Our oath didn't expire. Good damn luck taking this shit off my neck. Right now, somewhere, there's a little kid sitting somewhere across this world, and he's got his grandpa's combat boots, and one day he's going to be old enough to fit in them. And if we sit back and do nothing, if we do not do lead by example, they're going to think that it's okay just to be quiet. I think for too damn long, good Americans, it doesn't matter if you're a combat vet to me, it doesn't matter if you didn't shed the same blood that I did. What matters the most to me is good people who believe in the flag. That was sitting over there that so many people died for, the one that was flying over ground zero, the sacrifice, whether it was a false flag or not, that flag is important to me. And I'd be damned if whatever life I've got left, I'm going to sit there and be quiet about it because there's a big fight. And if we do nothing, the bad boys are going to prevail. They're going to take over, and I don't think we want that. This world could be so much easier if they would just let it out. But somebody wants to make money off of it.
0: Well, I commend you for your courage, man. That means a ton to everybody that's listening. And um, I know what that takes. And I just, I want to say, man, I'm. I'm sorry about your old man. I'm really sorry to hear about that, and. um, Yeah, but he'd be
1: damn glad that you wouldn't let me go all the way. I appreciate that. That means a lot to me.
0: I'm glad you did. (laughs) Glad you're here, buddy. But do you have anything you want to say before we end it? Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank you,